Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Scott. Before we get to today's Browns training camp podcast, I wanted to remind you about Football Insider. Now, it's really a great way to get in-depth coverage of the Browns during what I think everybody expects to be a really big season. A subscription gives you texts sent right to your phone from me, Dan, Mary Kay, and Ellis with updates and breaking news about the Browns, not just in training camp, but throughout the season. The subscription also gives you access to all that exclusive content you see on cleveland.com. A lot of it's free, but quite a bit requires a Football Insider subscription to access it. You also get our daily newsletter, which includes content that only subscribers get. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and get signed up. All right, let's get to it. Here's today's Orange or Brown Talk podcast from Browns Training Camp. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Ellis Williams for the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, day 11 of Brown's training camp. I'm joined by Dan Lobby, Scott Pascal, and Mary Kay Cabot. Before we get into what happened on the field, the Browns had two key defensive players added to the injury list today and not practicing. Uh, Mary Kay, what can you tell us about Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett? Well, first of all, Miles Garrett is going, going to be day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Denzel is out with some soreness. Now, Denzel was in a bucket hat for each of the previous two practices, including the orange and brown scrimmage. Miles, on the other hand, practiced during the scrimmage. So uh, he either did this hamstring during the scrimmage or it was kind of acting up on him a little bit before that. So uh, those two guys join a growing list of uh, of guys on on the injury list, and I have to say, there are a lot of guys right now that are either out or on their way back from from injuries, and I think it's very significant. There, there could be as many as nine new starters on this defense, and the Browns right now have a lot of significant guys, including Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, Anthony Walker's just coming back, uh, who are banged up, and the Kansas City Chiefs are only a month away. Yeah, I hear you on that, Mary Kay. Dan Scott, before we get into what happened on the practice field, I I want your thoughts on these guys continuing to miss time. I mean, from the Ronnie Harrisons all the way now to just Denzel missing reps. Like, today was a a gritty, warm day of practice. It would have been just, you know, that that type of practice where you would have loved to have your key players contributing and being in there grinding like a a Jarvis Landry who we're going to get to later. So I'll throw it to you guys. Just your initial thoughts when you see this injury list growing for the Browns. Yeah, I, I wrote down 10 guys on the bikes today. Some of them were like normal days off, others are injured guys. But I, when I look at kind of the list, I, I'm not super concerned about a guy like Miles because I, like Miles is going to show up and do what he does week one. There's, there's not a whole lot that changes for him necessarily. Some little nuances here and there. 
even Denzel, as long as he's healthy and get some practices in, I, I think he'll be okay. But if you have Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit on the sideline, that hurts because those two guys are competing, obviously, for starting time. We, we've talked about this three-safety thing forever, and now two of those three guys are on the bikes and not practicing. And it's been a little while for Ronnie Harrison, and he needs to get out there. You want to get him on the field, especially if Delpit's going to be a little while longer. So to me, that's really – those two guys are really the big ones that I look at and say, one of these guys has got to get back soon. Um, or, or then you start to worry a little bit because unless this Miles thing lingers, unless this Denzel thing ling- lingers, and it could for both of those guys given their histories, but it, unless it lingers, I think those guys will be able to get on the field and be okay without a whole lot of work, but those safeties make me a little nervous. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like linebackers and safeties, I think, are, are the two positions where they really need to have the right guys out there because you're talking about communication between those, those players. And like you said, Denzel, you're not so worried about him. He's a veteran, and I think everybody kind of understands what he can do. And I think it's good that John Johnson has been on the field with how important he's going to be at the back end. But you're right, like Harrison, uh, and especially Delpit, just to kind of figure out how exactly he fits. We still don't know exactly how he fits into this defense uh, and how really they want to use him. So, uh, so yeah, definitely, I think uh, safeties, linebackers, it was good to see Anthony Walker kind of, uh, do some individual stuff today. Um, but beyond that, I, I guess I wouldn't be too worried about, about Miles or, or like I said, Denzel. Scott, before we get into our observations on uh, the Browns using two or three safeties, listeners, if you're hearing some rain coming down, that is because we are now getting quite downpoured uh, in this Berea parking lot. Uh, we avoided rain all day today at practice, but there's something about us hitting the record button, which then equals complete downpour so we're going to huddle in here uh in the we're in scott's uh the back of a a, a van here kind of you know in the trunk area and we're just going to keep talking browns football so scott you and i we we made a remark to each other walking away from interviews today just trying to observe or, or try to remember as we've seen three safeties on the field during practice and we didn't really come to the conclusion whether it was vanilla or injury related it seems like they're kind of just running out of time to especially get someone like Grand Delpit on the field and implement this. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I, I guess we thought we'd see some of that by now, but let's remember they're, they're only going into their first preseason game. And even though there's only three, there is still that extra week in there that where there would have been a fourth preseason game before, uh, before they actually start the, the regular season. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say they're running out of time. Uh, but, I mean, even Sheldrick Redwine has, has yeah. dealt with uh, injury so far. So that safety group has been dealing with some issues. And it, it's a really important group of guys because we saw how, how many uh, issues came up with safeties last season, you know, and really want to get your frontline guys, especially on the same page. Hey, Mary you Kate. guys, I, I forgot to – I forgot to mention, too, uh, the fact that, you know, we watched Malik McDowell leave the scrimmage with with an oblique injury. And when I wrote this column today about all these different injuries, I added him in there. But that didn't even include another guy walked off today in rookie defensive tackle Marvin Wilson. So uh, once again, it just little by little, these these injuries keep piling up. And, you know, like like you guys mentioned, they're going to be okay. I mean, Miles doesn't need a lot of practice. Uh, but still, it's the it's the notion 
it's the idea of continuity on this defense is what they need. They need, you know, Anthony Walker out there calling the signals and directing traffic. You know, you need John Johnson uh, helping those other safeties figure out where to be and when. Uh, it's everybody pitching in and making sure that Greg Newsom is uh, able to do what he needs to do. So I think it's just the whole collective lack of a practice with the defense, the, you know, the full complement of defense. On that same note with Anthony Walker, good news though, for, for Joe Woods, he came back today. And, and again, when Walker is out there, you notice just a, a linebacker that can get sideline to sideline and uh, a guy who is vocal, like Mary Kay said, making those calls and, and they really dodge a bullet, not losing him for an extended period of time and getting him back, you know, might be a, a you know, server lining fight not the right term, but just a, a slight positive. And as you see two other guys head to the bikes, uh, let's pivot here to practice. And, and Dan Lobby, you were all over this the last time we recorded uh, in Berea saying, you know, I have a feeling that this Tuesday, Wednesday sweet spot for some grittiness with potential fisticuffs. We didn't see any fights that we know of today, Dan, but you want to maybe take a little victory lap and just <laughs> tell us how you had such great intuition knowing that uh, the Browns are going to be at each other's throats today. You know, you're just around camp long enough and start to get that sense of like, it's getting hot. Yeah. These guys are tired of hitting each other. It gets chippy. And we really saw that today. It got really chippy out there. There's a lot of trash talk. Uh, you know, even Baker got uh, hit a little bit by Jacob Phillips, and there was some back and forth there. There was a defensive lineman who was getting a little upset that he was getting hit uh, over and over again. You know, we saw J.C. Treader get mixed up and, and, and actually had to ask out of uh, a few plays. So it got rough out there today to the point where, I think, where Kevin Stefanski stepped in. Yeah. And, you know, we can't, like, quote him verbatim what he said during practice, but he had to step in and, and kind of just tell everybody, like, protect each other the gist of it protect each other stay up and he was sensing it too i think and just that combination of it's you know feels like it's in the 90s out there these guys are sick of each other a little bit we're getting into that first preseason game so competition is going to ramp ramp up on the bottom of the roster this is kind of when you start to see it i think yeah there's just a lot of lingering after the play you know yeah, to like discuss go. how i don't like what you just did you know and the one that stood out to me was was jacob phillips kind of bumping baker a little a little too hard maybe on a scramble i mean baker didn't seem to mind he, he kept running but garbage landry was really quick to come out and let phillips know that that probably wasn't appropriate what this means you guys is is time for this football team to hit signing camp and that first preseason game, those are the dog days of summer. As you guys mentioned, it gets incredibly hot. Uh, it was very humid out there today. Everybody's a little bit tired. It is it's time uh, to, to change it up a little bit. It's time for the first preseason game. And again, fortunately for them, that's coming very soon. They only have two more practices now uh, before they get to that first preseason game. And then it starts to go kind of quickly. You know, then from the first preseason game, until they win the Super Bowl, it's all going to go, you know, very, very fast. But just getting to this point, it gets chippy, like you guys said. Hey, it's Dan. And before we get back to the podcast, let me tell you about our virtual Orange and Brown season kickoff event taking place on Wednesday, September 1st, from 630 to 8 o'clock p.m. You can join Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, Doug Maurice, Terry Pluto, and me. We'll have in-depth discussions on the team analysis, a live auction, and even some surprise cameos. 
Tickets for the event are free and they can be reserved through the link in the bio of this podcast or the description of this podcast, I should say. There's also a VIP experience. Enter for a chance to win tickets to a special smaller group VIP experience with Browns alumni players and Cleveland.com sports writers. There's only 150 tickets available for this special experience. So to enter the ticket sweepstakes, again, go to that link in the description of this podcast to enter. Again, that's our Orange and Brown virtual season kickoff event on Wednesday, September 1st from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Yeah, and speaking of that chippiness, I just want to pass around and, and let's shout out some players we saw who brought that chippiness today, who brought that fire. And, I, and I'll start. Uh, I had my eyes on Jarvis Landry, and he's a guy who, you know, Scott mentioned when Baker took a little bump from Jacob Phillips, he was on Jacob right away, and not in a, a, a rude way or a heavy way, just in a, you know, a, a leader checking a, a younger player type of way, and that saying, you know, we don't need that. And then uh, early in a team session, Jarvis took a screen pass, uh, to the house, which isn't something you don't see often with this team, but you know, there's a good likelihood he scored and he was John with uh, some defenders down the field and really kept talking to just himself after the play uh, as he was walking off the sideline, even, you know, was letting the ref know, no one would have caught him. He really had that competitive energy and it's almost like Kevin Stefanski predicted it, injected it a little extra in a Jarvis day. Cause when Kevin spoke, he was asked you know, what makes Jarvis such a great route runner because Greg Newsom shouted out Jarvis for being such a great route runner. And Kevin started with Jarvis's competitiveness. And that's exactly what I saw today uh, from start to finish, whether it's him catching a screen ball, you know, a deep crossing route or run blocking, you know, he was getting in the mix today and led both verbally and by example, bringing that grit and that tenacity as we know Jarvis does, but it's just a reminder that he's not going anywhere and remains a steady leader. I mean, this is the kind of practice Jarvis loves. Yeah. You know I mean, just this competitive, like we're going to get after each other. We're going to talk crap from the sidelines. We're going to, I mean, that's the stuff that Jarvis just eats up. And it felt like he was locked in today from the start. And it just really got him going. You mentioned the play where he went to the house and was talking the whole way, oh, and the whole way back up the sideline. Uh, you know, they were barking at corners that were lined up against receivers in front of them. It was just, it, this is when Jarvis Landry thrives in these competitive environments, sometimes a little too Sometimes a little too much. He's been caught up with some taunting calls. And I actually saw the NFL sent out their, yeah. their officiating video today. And, and he's actually in the taunting section. One of his plays is an example of what not to do. So uh, Jarvis will get caught up in stuff like that sometimes. That's also the kind of stuff that sort of makes Jarvis go and makes him so valuable. Was it the, was it the Giants play? It was. Um, what play was it? No, it was the one he caught a ball against the Texans and kind of spiked it into Got the ground at, yeah. the, at the DB. There's a few to pick from. <laughs> Yeah, I think just the way the receivers and the defensive backs in general, that's where a lot of the tension, uh, it felt like it was there today. I think Jamarcus or um, not Jamarcus. Um, yeah, Jamarcus Bradley. Yeah. Bradley yeah. Um, he had a catch right on the sideline, kind of reached out, and I can't remember who the defensive back yeah. was, but there was like a look back, then a look, and it's like you just got this feeling yeah. that there's any more eye contact here that's going to be worse. And Kadero Hodge also had a catch kind of down the sideline where he was kind of being vocal. Uh, running down for, for the touchdown. So, yeah, I think that's where that kind of originated, it seemed, that those two groups today. Yeah, and, and speaking of the DBs, Dan, you were watching Greg Newsom today, a guy who also talked. Uh, one thing on Greg Newsom, I, I mentioned his his light Saquon Barkley-like calves, or excuse me, quads <laughs> uh, on an earlier podcast. This was my first time seeing him up close and personal 
and it, it checks out. He's he's built like a, an impressive corner. Uh, Dan, aside from the, the, the quadriceps, what else did you see from Greg Newsom today? I, you know, I thought he looked good. Now he wasn't out there every single time on on team drills. He um, he was on the sideline a couple of times, and Troy Hill worked on the outside. Um, but he he worked mostly on the outside and plays the Denzel Ward. Did do some slot work uh, with kind of down the depth chart a little bit when like Ryan Switzer was out there and stuff like that. But in coverage. It looked like he was doing a good job mirroring guys. It looked like he was staying on guys. Some of the run fits, things like that, struggled a little bit. If he's going to play inside, he needs to get better at that. He got caught up in the wash a couple of times. There was one uh, screenplay to Jarvis. I don't think it was the big screenplay. Actually, you know what? It was the big screenplay. Okay. He got caught up in the wash a little bit, and, and Jarvis was able to break free. So, you know, stuff like that, he's got to get cleaned up. But just from a, a straight one-on-one coverage standpoint, he went against Jarvis, Peoples-Jones, Kadero Hodge. Uh, it seemed like he was doing a pretty good job against all those guys. And Kevin Stefanski talked today about how important it's going to be to cross-train Greg Newsom, being able to play outside and in the slot. And he even joked today, if, if you know, in dime, he can get in the box and, and get physical. So that that all-around ability is something they're going to slowly bring Greg Newsom around for. But as we open this podcast with, you know, injuries lie where they lay, he might be asked to fill that role a, a lot sooner. Scott, anything on Greg, or do you want to mention a guy you were watching? Uh, positionless football, right? They yeah. want to cross-train every position. They want their defensive tackles to be able to move outside, and they want their linebackers to play every position, and safeties come on down in the box and play in the slot. And I think, you know, what they're doing with Greg Newsom is probably an extension of all that. And it's not going to be as wild as it is in basketball, but, right. but it's in the NFL, and, and that's kind of the thinking behind that couple of things you guys about about Greg Newsome uh the you know the dual role that they're trying to train him for 60 percent outside 40 percent in the slot I think it's challenging for a rookie uh to have to try to divide your time like that when I remember back to Denzel Ward and he had an amazing camp as a rookie and there were at times you could just tell that he was going to go out there and just nail it and rock it right away as a rookie but he focused mostly on the outside so the cross-training of Greg, I mean, you have to do it. You know, you really have to do it. But, uh, you know, you have to wonder if, you know, if that sometimes doesn't, uh, you know, get into his head a little bit where he's just got a lot on his plate right now. I think he's smart enough to handle it. But, you know, that's a little bit of a lot. The other thing is when I look at uh, the defensive backs, when I look at Greg, when I look at Greedy, all of them, one thing that they're not getting enough of this camp and they're probably not going to get a lot of and that's a player the caliber of an Odell Beckham Jr. I really wish that Odell could be part- participating a little bit more in team because you want Greg Newsom going up against Odell Beckham Jr. You know, he's going to have to see Tyreek Hill coming out here in about a month. And, you know, you really want to get him ready for something like that. So I really wish that, that Odell could get on in there a little bit, but I think they're going to remain very conservative with him. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mary Kay. I mean, we talk so much about what Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett are doing for Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin. Well, the opposite's happening for Greg Newsom or, or, or Greedy Williams. They're not getting that work against one of the NFL's finest receivers. And of course, there's Jarvis Landry, but you know, it, it's no secret that Jarvis and Odell are, are two very different receivers, despite having you know elite ability in this league. Um, before we get out of here, I, I do want to mention Harrison Bryant. Uh, he talked today as well. I thought it was interesting him and 
you know, admitting, and not that it's anything to hide, but just confirming is probably a better word that he put on some weight, 13 pounds. And it was obvious when he got here, he just looked thicker, uh, you know, looked like that second year guy, much like how Jedrick Wills looks leaner, that, that baby fat, if you will, is gone. Harrison Bryant, again, is looking more and more like an NFL tight end. Uh, then he came out and, and had another impressive uh, deep reception from Case Keenum today. And I'll start out there. Do we need to have a, some higher expectations for Harrison Bryant coming into this year? Or is this going to be another thing where there's, you know, there's only so many footballs? Two things. Number one, he does not look like an NFL tight end. He looks like a high school junior. There's like a Disney <laughs> Channel show just waiting for him to play some high school kid who's like the, the captain of the football team. It's uh, ne- neck down, neck down, Scott. Yes. That's my bad. That's why yes. I should have been more he clear. Lost the baby fat. He did not lose the baby face. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but number two, um, I think, yeah, you should have higher expectations yeah. because he showed some ability last season. He had a couple of rough patches, but uh, yeah, you want him to build off that. And the catches he made uh, at the stadium uh, yesterday are, are part of that. Um, you know, being consistent from a blocking standpoint, obviously it's huge in this offense if you're a tight end and that's part of it. But yeah, he's a big part of the fact that, you know, we're, we consider, I think the tight end position, one of the strengths of this team, they got depth there and he's, he's a huge part of that. Yeah. It, it's been good to see Brian come on the last few days, start, you know, really going back to Sunday in the stadium today, had another good day. And, uh, you know, as much as we talk about this offense will probably be a little more open this year the tight ends are still going to be important and, and having multiple guys that you can run through there that can do different things and, and offer, you know, different looks for the defense is, is really important. And for Bryant, I, I think you know, he was asked to be at the rookie wall last year. He didn't really say he did, but I, I feel like maybe he did and he struggled a little bit hanging on to the football. I uh, had some fumbles that could have been costly down the stretch. So uh, there's work to do, but it, it's good to see him make that kind of, you, you hope to see him make that jump year one to two and, and he's at least starting to trend that way. You know, I think you're you're seeing that with a lot of the second year guys. Obviously, we've seen it with Donovan Peoples Jones, and we've talked about that all all camp long. Uh, now we're we're starting to see Harrison Bryant heat up. He's he had a little bit of a quiet early start to camp, uh, but now he's kind of making his noise. Last summer he was like the it guy. Uh, this summer we didn't hear that much about him until the last couple of days, and now he's kind of putting himself back on the map a little bit. But again taking that 25% jump that coaches like to see young guys take going into their second year. And really, I think we're kind of seeing it with most of last year's rookies. Yeah, I completely agree, Mary Kay. This, this team through camp is showing that they continue to prioritize the education part of this game, the on-field application, and just teaching young players how to become pros, whether it's from the coaching staff or the, the amount of veterans on this team. It's clearly uh, being soaked up by these young players. All right, y'all, before we get out of here, any predictions for Wednesday's practice? Is this heat, humidity, and anger finally going to boil over? Dan Lobby, what do you think? Yes. I also want to point out, because every now and again, we hear complaints about our audio here on the podcast during these camp pods, and I just want to point out, before you leave that review, before you tweet at us, I, I just want you to understand, we're literally sitting in the parking lot with our computer on Scott's tailgate. I don't have my microphone today because my son, I think, took it out of out of my bag. And I shouldn't say my microphone because it's actually his microphone. So if you're going to leave a bad review, say, Dan, get your own microphone. We got car alarms going off. We got rain coming down. We've got, we're, we're dealing with a lot here now. 
could be worse. We could be out digging ditches or whatever. But I'm just saying, if you're going to leave that bad review about our sound, just it's a little bit of a break till we get out of the train. See, right there. I mean, all right. I can't go out there and stop traffic. You, you can't make this up. You know, the heat and humidity of practice got the best of some Browns today. And you know what? Mother Nature gave Cleveland.com its best shot today as well. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. For myself, Dan Lobby, Scott Patrick, Mary Kate Cabot, I'm Ellis Williams signing off from day 11 of Browns training camp in Berea. Until next time, y'all.